Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Pouillon, twists it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, reach shot, score! 3 nothing. Jordan Everly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports, with Reed Wilkins, on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chet. about to begin Dallas and St. Louis to decide who moves on to the Western Conference final the other combatant in that series will be determined tomorrow night Nashville and San Jose will play the Eastern Conference final set to start on Friday night 6 p.m. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh we will be bringing you live play-by-play of both conference finals and the Stanley Cup final right here on 6.30. Chet Brandon can win the Western Hockey League championship tonight. They are up three games to nothing on Seattle. They have won every game in overtime by a score of 3-2. London can win the OHL title tonight. They're up three games to nothing on Niagara, and they're already up one nothing after the first period in that game. Lots of scores to keep you updated on. The Blue Jays are still playing. It's turned into a marathon 4-4 in San Francisco. The Blue Jays and the Giants in the bottom of the 13th inning as uh, the Blue Jays came back from a 4-1 deficit with two in the eighth and one in the ninth. The Raptors on home court tonight against Miami. Three of the four games in that series have gone to OT. It is currently tied 2-2 later on tonight in the NBA. Portland at Golden State as the Warriors will try to close it out in five. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing tonight. That's just some of what we're doing tonight. Inside Sports on 630, Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6 08. If you want to reach out, you're always welcome to do so. You can get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. You can text 630-630. You can email insidesports at 630ched.com, and uh, the phone number is 780-496-0063. I've already got a uh, text message. I'm not going to say this person's name. TSN are a bunch of idiots. A game seven is on and they are showing baseball. No class TSN. Uh, okay. All right. Well, the, the individual sending that text, TSN's not showing hockey. They don't have the contract anymore. You may want to check Sportsnet and you may want to check an alternate Sportsnet channel, as I have done. Sportsnet 1 has the hockey game. Uh, thanks for reaching out, though so I could properly inform you. Matthew Panashik is on the other side of the window this evening. Matthew, old boy, how's it going? Excellent, Reed. Good to be back with you, by the way. Yes, it's good to see you. Stars left winger Jamie Benn says, 
Despite the fact that the road team has had success in this series, it's great to have home ice advantage tonight. It's just how it's worked out, but uh, we worked hard all year to, to get to where we finished in the standings, and obviously uh, home ice is a, a big part of this. Uh, you know, we have a good record at home. You know, we might have lost a couple games in this series at home, but uh, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to be ready in, in front of our fans. Meanwhile, Blues coach Ken Hitchcock, of course, saying home ice advantage. There is no such thing. I think road and home is not relevant anymore. The size of the rinks are the same. Buildings are the same. There isn't uh, the differences in ice surfaces that there was in temperatures of the building, humidity and all that. That's all the same now. So I don't, I don't think it really matters. All right. So there you go. The showdown about to start. Uh, that Raptors game, by the way, they have jumped out to a quick 9 nothing lead just three minutes into the game. So much to keep you updated on tonight. Tell you what we're going to do. Our Chris Johnston from Sportsnet is going to join us in a bit. Jack Michaels will be on the show. Master prognosticator is Jack Michaels. He predicted before the season, before the season, Matthew, that the Pittsburgh Penguins would fire their head coach and win the Stanley Cup. They're one of four teams left. They fired their coach. By the way, we're, we're in studio later on. We're going to have uh, two guys from the Oilers blogosphere. Matt Henderson, he's uh, Archaeologic Guy on Twitter. Darcy McLeod, he's WoodGuy55 on Twitter. Matt Henderson thrown out there last night after the Penguins won. Justin Schultz, a step closer to getting his name on the Stanley Cup. Wouldn't it be something if that happened? Uh, Gord Thibodeau will join us. He's the head coach and general manager of the Lloydminster Bobcats. The Border City hosting the RBC Cup, the National Junior A Championship, starting on the weekend. The Bobcats did lose in the North Final in the uh, AJHL playoffs, but they are in the RBC Cup as uh, the host team. It'll be good to catch up with him, and we'll uh, delve into one of the Eskimos draft picks a little bit more. DJ Lalama out of the University of Manitoba. The 70th and final player taken in the CFL draft. Matthew, what do they call that guy in the uh, in the NFL if you're the last guy taken? Was it Mr. Mr. Nobody? Mystery Relevant. Mr. Irrelevant. It's Mr. Irrelevant. He, I've always felt that kind of. And then the guy gets, and then usually he's a guy that nobody would know who he is, but then somebody in the media a few years ago decided to make a story out of this guy every year, and now it's like a big deal to be the last guy picked. Not quite the same in the CFL. Now, here's the interesting thing, Matthew. Uh, are you a Cowboys fan? I can't remember what team you cheer for. Well, Cincinnati, but I do, oh, like, the, I do like the Cowboys. Right, Cincinnati. But... Uh, anyway, uh, one of the Eskimos draft picks, Arjun Calhoun, signed by the Cowboys. Their first-round pick, Devon Smith, the receiver, signed by the Colts. DJ Lalama was just in New York Giants rookie camp over the weekend. Now, he didn't stick with the Giants, so he's hoping to make the Eskimos for this season. But maybe an indication of the depth that we're starting to get better quality Canadian players that the last guy taken in the CFL draft would have had at least a look, at least a look from the NFL. I don't know if he had a great shot of making the team, but at least he had a look. So that's all coming up tonight. That'll be fun. The Washington Capitals are out. My preseason and pre-playoff pick to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, my goodness, I was wrong again. Can you believe that? Uh, Ovechkin, Orloff, and Kuznetsov going to play for Russia at the World Hockey Championships. By the way, Patrick Laine, likely to be taken second overall by the Winnipeg Jets in the upcoming NHL draft, is uh, already the highest-scoring 18-year-old in the history of the tournament. 
they're uh, basically only halfway through the round robin. Seven points already. He had an assist today as Finland badly outplayed Hungary and uh, won the game 3-0. Canada up against Germany tomorrow. So uh, the Washington Capitals are out. I just want to quickly uh, touch on this because, you know, on uh, Twitter, Matthew, it's just a big... It's just a big... Uh, Well, t- Twitter's just a big gong show. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but oh, the Washington Capitals choked again. Look, I don't think I don't think the Washington Capitals choked. I, I think we throw the word choke around a little too easily. Did they have home ice advantage? Yes. Were they first overall? Yes. Were they first overall by a fair margin? Yes. Did they lose to a really good hockey team? Yes. Uh, I mean, Phil Kessel. Is, is looking more like the score, and not that he had a bad regular season, but looking more like the score that they hoped he would be during the regular season. You know, Crosby obviously played very well last half of the season, uh, and the goaltending for the Penguins. I mean, what can you say about Murray? Solid backstopping there. I think the Capitals have, I think Holtby's the best goalie in the league overall. It didn't work out for them. I don't think the Washington Capitals choked. Just like I, I didn't really think the San Jose Sharks were chokers, though they did choke that one year against the LA Kings when they were up 3 nothing. Sometimes teams continually put themselves in a position to win. They they have a, a, a long window of being a good team, and for whatever reason, and maybe with the Capitals, it was a, a little bit with their depth scoring. And playing a hot team didn't work out for them this year. Still think they're going to be good. I I, I don't think they're a, a choking hockey team, but I but I understand. Uh, one texter says, "Reed is Justin Schultz getting any ice time?" Don't think so. Well, no, he's not, but he's on the roster. Uh, Gabriel says, "Reed, you owe me an apology. I picked your picks for my playoff pool this year, and you failed me. Your stock is plummeting in the playoff pool world very quickly." That is from Gabriel. Well. Uh, I feel bad for you, Gabriel, but I do I not often say, Matthew, you shouldn't really base stuff on what I say. Well, you did get that one pick right, Reed, 28-24, right? Yeah, well, I'll talk about that with Jack. That, that's pretty much the peak, everybody. It's all downhill from here. Wilkie ain't getting much right. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet. A little more on the uh, Penguins Capitals when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. Okay, we got a goal already. And it's the St. Louis Blues opening it up. About five and a half minutes into the first period. Scramble in front. Looks like Robbie Fabry, the last guy to get his stick on it. Yeah, they showed him after the goal. Yeah, he was the last guy to... Tap it in for the uh, St. Louis Blues on a goal mouth scramble. So they take the lead. They take the lead. The Blues up 1-0 in Dallas. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Game 7 of that series. Game 7 tomorrow, Nashville and San Jose. Forgot to mention another game we're going to be watching tonight as well. 7 o'clock over at Clark Stadium. FC Edmonton hosting the Ottawa Fury First leg of the Amway Canadian Championship. This is a separate event, a separate tournament. 
outside of the North American Soccer League uh, involving the five Canadian professional teams. So uh, FC Edmonton and Ottawa play a uh, two-leg home-and-away total goal series, and then the winner moves on to the semifinal to play uh, Vancouver. So tonight in Edmonton and then a week from now in Ottawa. We got Chris uh, Matthew right on. 6.20 inside sports on 6.30 Chad and our old friend Chris Johnson from Sportsnet is on the other end of the line. Chris, how are you doing, sir? You find me in good spirits back in Toronto for a couple days. Oh, that is good. You actually got, well, I don't know if you're actually going to take a day off, but you get to sleep in your own bed, I guess. Yeah, do some laundry, pay some bills, you know, <laughs> take care of the life details and then... Uh, continue out on the you know what what's a fun time being on the playoff trail now do you know what conference final you're assigned to yet yes and i'm going back to pittsburgh and doing campaign. okay so you get the uh, east now they've only announced game one for that one eh they have uh, it's, it's contingent on the, the outcome of game seven uh, that's being played in dallas tonight the, uh, the schedule will be the full schedule will be released afterwards so all right, and it looked like Dallas just missed a great chance in front, so a bit of a frantic start to this game. Uh, hey, all right, so you were there for, for Pittsburgh-Washington. You know, we always have fun with our picks. I, I picked Washington before the season to win the Stanley Cup. I picked Washington before the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup. I, I stuck with them. They were the President's Trophy winner. I, I was talking before I brought you on about choking. Uh, I know there's some feeling out there with fans that, well, there's the same old Capitals. They can't get it done in, in, the, in the crunch. I don't know if I classify this series loss as a choke. I, I think you got to give the Pittsburgh Penguins a fair bit of credit here. I, I certainly do. I mean, you know, Washington lost four one-goal games in that series, and two of them were in overtime. So, uh, to me, it's, it's almost coin-flipped uh, kind of territory. And, and really... You know, they, they went home in, in Game 5 and what was a really big moment, and, and I thought delivered a great game. Alex Ovechkin was, was a leader for them, won the game, and then last night, even after you know digging a hole, they found a way out of it. So, you know, I, I don't view it as choking. I mean, really, to me, these were the best two teams in the Eastern Conference, and, and the hockey we saw reflected that, that there really wasn't a huge gap uh, between them, and, you know, if not for a few other bounces, uh, you know, I think Washington... Would, would at least have a game seven, if not the possibility of moving on to the third round. I, I mean, and like you said, it's so close, we're splitting hairs a little bit. If Washington is, quote-unquote, lacking something, and if they are, it's it's not a lot. I mean, was it a little bit of depth scoring, uh, you know, maybe specifically down the middle when it came down to crunch time, or what do you think provided that ounce of separation for the Penguins? Yeah, I mean, the Penguins are a real deep team, and, and you know, it's not necessarily big names, but I mean, essentially it was their third line that did all the scoring last night, uh, the Benino, Kessel, and then Hagelin line, and, and, you know, they were able to, to get through this series uh, with having a very little production from Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and, and, you know, that did make the difference. And, you know, for Washington, the, the real big disappointment, I think, is Evgeny Kuznetsov, who, you know, had a great second season in the NHL this year, and then was a leading scorer, actually, a leading point getter in the regular season, and, and just couldn't get it done in the playoffs, and, and you know Nicholas Backstrom even shouldn't escape. I don't think uh, some some criticism if you look at the Washington end of things. So uh, it, it was, for them, it was some of their big players I think that, that let them down. Uh, but but ultimately, uh, I think you know when you look through the game, it just was it just was razor close, and uh, the Capitals fell a hair short again. And, and you know really next year is the last year that they internally view it as their window being open and. Uh, that they'll go forward with this core group and 
be very interesting to see uh, the moves they make this summer, but especially as the year goes along because they're going to have to revamp things a little bit there. Chris, no team ever has won the Stanley Cup with at least above-average goaltending, and a lot of times it's excellent goaltending, and, and that position has won its fair share of Conn Smythe trophies over the years. Um, maybe it's been, I'm, I'm trying to think, though, it, it, to me it's been a while that there's been maybe sort of that out-of-nowhere goaltending story that you go back to a Hextall in 87, though I know he'd been good as a rookie, or, or Wah in 86. Uh, you know, it seems to me that that's the type of story Matt Murray is halfway to writing here. Well, yeah, he's, he's Cam Ward in 2006, I guess, is probably right. the closest uh, recent comparable the recent 10 years ago. Uh, but, but Matt Murray has been unbelievable for the Penguins. And, you know, really since, you know, becoming a pro hockey player last season was the American Hockey League's goalie of the year, had uh, tremendous numbers this year, and I believe he's up now to 22 NHL starts. And, and hasn't had one bad one among them. I mean, he's he's been very good, and, and uh, there's no question in my mind, I know there was some debate uh, leading into the last game locally in Pittsburgh about do they go back to Flurry? I mean, unless Matt Murray gets injured or has, you know, two or three really bad outings, I wouldn't even think about it at this point. I mean, he's he's their guy. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's won them a couple games, but he's certainly not losing them any uh, when, when they don't have their best, and you know, at age 21, it's it's a pretty cool story, and you know, now he'll he'll get an interesting you know test with Ben Bishop, who's also having a season for Tampa. But you know, you're right. I think Con Smythe, if you had to pick today for the Penguins, my vote would be for Matt Murray. All right, 6:26. I got you for a couple more minutes, Chris. So I want to have a little bit of fun fun with you. If uh, I know you basically only listen to the show when you're a guest on it, but uh, <laughs> but just to fill you in. My, the listeners know I'm not a huge fan of trade proposals and, and rumors. Depending on the time of year, I might be more tolerant at, at other times of year, uh, you know, like leading into the trade debt when there's when there's more going on. But there's so much out there now with the Internet and Twitter, and anybody can say whatever they want and try to pass themselves off wherever you want. I'm just going to read you a couple texts that came into our text line. And you can do with them what you will. One individual says, hey, Reed, haven't heard about it for a while. Anything more about Hall for Subban? And another texter says, I read an insider rumor that the Oilers are talking and Hall and Carlson are the key players involved. Any rumor, any truth to this uh, rumor? Well, I can tell you one thing, Chris. Taylor Hall's not going to get traded to two teams. He's not Eric Lindros. Well, and he's not going to Ottawa because there's no way in a million years are they trading Eric Carlson. I mean, the P.K. Subban situation... He's a little bit more interesting, you know. I, I, I wouldn't say that they're actively shopping him, but there's at least some feeling out there in talking to people that there's an outside chance. And I, and I don't want to stoke these rumors, I, but but there there could be some small percentage of a chance. Only going to be highly unlikely. And you know, it was a very disappointing season in Montreal. PK is is someone who, uh, you know, really is kind of a divisive guy in some ways. The fans love him. Uh, I think at times Michelle Terrian has had some issues with the way he plays, and, and you know, even some of his teammates there might be split on their opinions of him. But uh, I think ultimately now that we're beyond the season, the reason you're not hearing those rumors is because everyone's had a chance to take a deep breath. And, and you know, really, you're talking about two franchise defensemen. And you know, for Edmonton, I, I you know the trade targets, uh, you know, one dried up with Travis Hamonic. Uh, you know, remember sending his trade request this week from the New York Islanders, but. You know, I think you're looking at more younger players, a little bit less established than that. You know, maybe a guy like Sammy Votman, 
uh, in Anaheim, I think makes a little bit more sense, both because Anaheim is is very likely to move him, and and you know there's a fit with what Edmonton needs uh, in terms of trying to bring in that sort of player. Yeah, well, the point I made talking about this a few weeks ago, and I realized with Subban maybe there's some other stuff related to his personality or whatever. But if the Edmonton Oilers had a player who had a defenseman who was 80% as good as P.K. Subban, he'd be the Oilers' best defenseman, right? And you wouldn't consider trading him. That's why if you're Montreal, I'm like, why Why would you trade this guy? But maybe there are other things figuring in there. Chris, thanks for, for joining us uh, on a little bit of short notice, and I know you had a busy travel day. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Hey, no problem, Reed. Uh, thanks for having me on. That is Chris Johnson from Sportsnet checking in tonight. Good insight there into the Pittsburgh-Washington series. And as you uh, heard him say to the uh, texter about the Hall and Carlson stuff, no way in a million years Ottawa's trading Eric Carlson. It is 6-29, St. Louis up on Dallas halfway through the first period. Jack Michaels next. <laughs> Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So uh, Dallas up one, or uh, St. Louis up one nothing on Dallas halfway through the first period. Blue Jays lose 5-4 to the Giants in 13. The Raptors up 26-14 on the Heat late in the first quarter. Game 5 of that series. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've had the experience where you've had uh, an accomplishment or a moment in your life where something really good or special or lucky or unexpected happened, you know, in a positive way and you thought to yourself, that that was pr- that was pretty cool. And you know in life that anything is possible. And maybe it's something that you you hope will happen again, but there's always that little voice in your head that says to you, "Man, the chances are that I'll I'll never do that again. I'll never have that moment that is so perfect, or where I'm that good." And I had that moment a couple of years ago. I guess a little less than that. Going into the Super Bowl between New England. And Seattle. And we're doing our picks. And I said 28-24 for the New England Patriots. And that's how the game ended. And I got about, uh, you know, two seconds of pats on the back for a region. Nailed the score. Good for you, buddy. Oh, I guess, I guess you're the go-to guy now for predictions. I guess you're a bit of a fortune teller. You know, I guess, I, I guess you have a bit of a Nostradamus-like quality. But there is that voice in the back of my head, you know what, I'm probably never going to nail that score again. And maybe I'll never be good at picking anything again. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was my small window. And since then, I haven't done very well. Unlike this guy, Oilers play-by-play voice, Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Now, were the people who were saying this to you, did, were they all using that voice? Or no, that, or that was a composite of all the voices. Oh, that was a composite. Okay, because I mean, because I, after a while, I was going to say that must have been really annoying. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, a parade of people just coming up to you with a 
same voice badgering you. That, that would have been really – I mean, because after a while, after the seventh or eighth person, you must have been thinking you were in some sort of, like, bizarro colony. You know, you, you'd, you'd entered into the fifth dimension or something. Yeah, no, you know, you know how sometimes in a historical movie or TV show they say this is based on real events, some okay, characters right. are this amalgamation. Is, right, right, yeah. This is a composite of voices. Right. Okay, <laughs> right. all right, I just – I just was thinking, wow, that must have really been irritating. Because I, I don't even like, you know, two similar voices because I have trouble discerning who the different people are. And if you had had a bunch of people all with the same voice, that would have been really aggravating. Yeah, well, and as you know, I'm easily irritated. So luckily. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you are you are known for storming in and out of, of several, uh, you know, practice and game days. You never know what kind of mood this guy's going to be in for those of you. Uh, first-time listeners to the show. I uh, got a text here from uh, Will Capaldia who says, uh, when you talk to Jack Michaels, can you ask him to throw out some lottery numbers over the air? Now, here's you were the guy, preseason, October, whatever, 5th or 6th. The Pittsburgh Penguins, now I'm doing your voice. I'm not going to bother trying to do an impression <laughs> of you, especially when you're on the phone. But you said the Pittsburgh Penguins will fire their head coach and win the Stanley Cup. And, oh, my goodness, they're another step closer to doing that. Well, and I, if I recall correctly, I had them beating St. Louis in the final too. So uh, we're we're getting we're getting in the neighborhood where that has a, a real possibility of happening as well. I, you know, look, I've I've had predictions are. I'm not a huge fan of predictions because it's it's a very you know cosmetic business, and I, I've never met anyone who I'd say is any you know greater of a, a Nostradamus if you want to use that analogy than anybody else but what i can tell you is that when the pittsburgh penguins and the washington capitals meet in the playoffs i know who's going to win it doesn't matter whether it's the 90s the 2000s the 80s i just know the penguins will find a way to win and the capitals will find a way to lose i think there's something like seven and one against the caps uh in in playoff series and i can't imagine what happened in the one that the caps win i I've conveniently blocked that from my memory. I'm not sure that year ever occurred. But, look, I, I've, been watch, I've been watching the Caps for a quarter century where they've been really relevant. Almost, Actually, they've been a good team now. Since 87, uh, really. Yeah, they, they've been yeah, – I was going to say, they've been a good team more or less for, for now three decades. And I've just – I mean, they just – number one, they can't beat Pittsburgh. And number two, if they don't run into Pittsburgh, they're going to find a way to lose to somebody else. I just – I'm one of those guys who I, I do believe, and maybe it's because I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I do believe there is such a thing as the weight of a franchise and, and some demons you've really uh, you know, got to overcome in terms of being you know, perpetual losers. I, I think there's something to, you know, I think the Vikings are fighting history, uh, for instance. I think the Buffalo Bills, if they ever get back into the playoffs, are going to be fighting. You know, there's just you know, some teams that just can't seem to get over the hump. And in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, the Washington Capitals are that, you know, that landmark franchise. I mean, they, the Capitals are to the NHL what the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Indians are to the National Football League and Major League Baseball, respectively. And unfortunately, I happen to be a huge fan of both the Indians and the Browns. So, uh, <laughs> sadly, I, I know more than most uh, what, what the way – and, you know, look, new coaches, new players – they all come in with the same message. It's, you know, a different year. None of those. And that's all true. You know, not, not many of those players 
uh, who played in the Washington-Pittsburgh series, you know, played in this one. I think, what, three or four at the most? And yet, you know, it's just the result seems inevitable. And the other thing is um, you give Pittsburgh credit, and, and Jim Rutherford, I thought, got off to a real rocky start at Penguin, as Penguins GM. Uh, but the moves he made, uh, bringing Hagelin back east and, uh, and, and getting, of course, uh, Nick Benino. Um, you know, that, that's that been a fantastic line for the Penguins in these playoffs. And, and who could have predicted? I wasn't real high on starting Matt Murray, and I think the Penguins are going to finish this run with Marc-Andre Fleury in that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, look, we'll put it to you this way. If the Cavs had managed another shot or two in overtime, I think uh, I think we might be playing a game seven. But the fact is the Penguins came out and dominated the first five or six minutes, perhaps sensing that uh, their rookie netminder was a bit rattled. 1994 in the first round, the Capitals beat the Penguins in six games. That is the uh, the one series. They've been eliminated in the first round by the Penguins. It happened five times between 92 and uh, 2001. So, yeah, that's just a little Yeah, a, a little and I aside. remember uh, – Peter Nedved, I think it was Peter Nedved scored a goal in like the fifth overtime. Or no, that maybe that was Sergei Zubov that scored a goal in like a fifth overtime. And Marty Straka ended a series against them. I think that might have been the 0-1 series. And, you know, as far as 94 the first round, I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know what? I answered my own question. You know where I was 94 first round? I was, <laughs> I was in college spring break down in Cancun, Mexico, uh, with downtown Julie Brown. It was the first year MTV <laughs> did a live from Cancun on location with spring break. And so that's why I conveniently have forgotten that uh, rare Capitals victory. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great. true story. That's a true story. We were, we were staying, a bunch of us went down, and actually we took, I think we were supposed to go down for seven or eight days. We were having too much fun. I think we blew off the first week of that uh that next quarter's classes. So I think I was down there 11, 12 days, and uh, we, the the hotel next to us uh, had MTV down there um, back in the days where they actually played music and had VJs and things like that. Reed, you remember those days. Well, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so downtown Julie Brown was down there in uh, in 94. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. This is why I love having you on, Jack. Think, I bet you didn't think we'd go to downtown Julie Brown during this conversation. No, I never know what you're going to say. I mean, we did a whole segment on Super Dogs last summer, so I can't wait that's to right. actually. I can't I'm wait till you're in studio this balance, year. Reed. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you a reason to bring me back, just to see what could be next. One <laughs> uh, nothing, St. Louis leading Dallas. St. Louis has just failed to score on a power play. Still three minutes left in the first period. That is uh, game seven of that series. And if you missed it earlier, the Blue Jays uh, wound up playing a long one in San Francisco. They lost 5-4 in, uh, in 13, uh, 13 innings. Uh, all right, Jack, just, just to, to look ahead here, uh, Nashville-San Jose game seven tomorrow. I think you and I both picked the Sharks in that one. I picked Sharks in six. Well, the West is interesting right now because instead of the old standbys, uh, Chicago and L.A., who we know how to win, and then Anaheim, which is certainly the West Coast equivalent of the Washington Capitals and certainly has Bruce Boudreaux in common there, they're out with the, with the Anaheim Ducks. Now all of a sudden you've got four teams who, you know, I mean, Dallas is kind of a newcomer on the scene, so I'll give them a pass. But the other three haven't won it, you know, have – I don't think the other three, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, the, the Sharks have been in two conference finals that I can think of. 
And uh, yeah, both I think of those it's just were two. under Todd McClellan. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, as far as the other situation, I mean, you've got Nashville, who's never been out of the second round, and, you know, uh, St. Louis, who hasn't been out of the second round in 15 years. So it's interesting how the West, you know, so loaded up where you've got some prohibitive favorites and some teams that you think, and then all of a sudden after the first round, now now you've got guys that, that, that haven't won. And so that's why I think all of a sudden the Eastern Conference team, uh, you know, has, has a real shot. Uh, whereas, you know, going into every season, I still think even though the East was better this year, you expected the champion uh, to maybe come out of the West in terms of a mainstream opinion. Um, but I just felt like the Penguins might pull it together. They're not going to have an easy series. I mean, Tampa's dangerous right now. They're finding a way to win uh, in a lot of different ways with some key guys out of their lineup. And they've, I think they'll have the better goaltender in that series. So, you know, Pittsburgh still has some work to do as well. All right. Uh, the Blues have scored. It's being reviewed for offside. And I can't tell from the angle. I don't know if you're near your TV, Jack. I can't tell from the angle they're showing. But if this one counts, it's one of those goals that you wonder how Dallas is going to react to it because it was Tarasenko actually trying to center the puck and it went off a stick on the way through and snuck through Lettinen, I think, between his arm and his body. or maybe Well, the his first one was a little bit fluky, too, where Lettinen didn't cover a loose puck in front and uh, Fabry was able to nudge one home. So I'm not in front of my TV, Reed. I, I respect your program way too much to try to uh, <laughs> do think, two things at once. So I, I'm not in front of my TV. Uh, but what I can tell you is, you know, Whoever comes out of that, you know, what's interesting, Reed, think about this. I mean, is anyone in Edmonton going to watch uh, a Tampa Bay-Nashville final? Or a Tampa Bay, maybe St. Louis, maybe uh, just because Pareko, the local angle. But, I mean, it, it's interesting what the NHL is, is looking at here because, uh, uh, like I said, they, they've lost kind of their, their traditional standbys to some degree. And if Tampa should, you know, beat Pittsburgh – and Correct me if I'm wrong. Who's got home ice in that series? Doesn't Tampa? No, the Penguins do. The Penguins do. Yeah, the Penguins are like fourth overall, right? Well, I didn't know where Tampa, you know, after a while, Reed, to be honest with you, I kind of checked out of that Atlantic division. (laughs) I mean, I did. Just just quit paying attention. I got to be honest with you because I didn't expect Tampa to play this well. Uh, without without Strawman and, and Stamkos. Yeah, and I good give, point. I give the Lightning a lot of credit. For me, I, I was really surprised the Islanders went down at five. I, I, did, I did not see that coming. I, I felt very confident about the Islanders and the strength of the Metro division, and uh, that's another reason why I wasn't sure whether Pittsburgh had accumulated enough points because that division was just a monster this year, and, and Tampa made it look pretty easy. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's another reason why – you know, I'm, of course, sticking with my pick, and I believe Pittsburgh will win, but I'm kind of through underestimating Tampa. I mean, uh, they've they've proven to be a team uh, that learned a lot of lessons on their way to the Stanley Cup final last year. All right, the goal didn't count. It was offside by about a millimeter, and uh, it wound up getting uh, waved off. Hey, Jack, thanks for making time for me. I'll let you get back to the game so you can fully concentrate on that, man. Appreciate you coming on again. All right, absolutely, Reed. Pleasure chatting with you. That is Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for the Oilers Radio Network. Another one of those offsides that's going to be disputed because, man, that was so close. And uh, Oh, and now the Blues score anyway. So they are up 2-0, a minute 38 left in the first period. Still ahead, 
couple of uh, guys from the Oilers blogosphere, Matt Henderson and Darcy McLeod, going to be in studio inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Oscar Clef from, from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, how about this? It is 3-0 for St. Louis after the first period, and this includes a, a disallowed goal. So they, they've beaten Lettinen four times. But only three of them have counted. One was called back after an offside review. Sportsnet's just showing the replay now. A bad angle, short side goal to open it up. It was from in tight. And then the the third goal with 3.4 seconds left in the first period. I mean, Berglund is about four feet inside the blue line. And it's a short side wrist shot. Now, there were a couple stars between... Berglund and Lettinen, and Lettinen gave one of those, hey, I can't see it if I can't stop it, guys, shrugs after it went in. Um, but I'm going to make the obvious comment of the night. I'd be stunned if Lettinen's the goaltender to start the second period. So Dallas in tough in that game. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 6.30. Chad, going to be fun between 7 and 8 tonight. A couple of guys, I read a lot of their stuff in the Oilers blogosphere. Matt Henderson and Darcy McLeod will be in studio. We'll visit Lloyd Minster. They're hosting the big Junior A National Championship starting this weekend. Gord Thibodeau is the coach and GM of the host Lloyd Minster Bobcats. And uh, I, I kind of hope this guy makes the Edmonton Eskimos because I just like saying his name. DJ LaLama will join us at 8.30, a linebacker out of the University of Manitoba. Who? Uh, so here's his deal. Over the weekend, he goes to New York Giants rookie camp. Didn't get to stick around, but still a pretty cool opportunity. And then he gets drafted by uh, the Edmonton Eskimos. So uh, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm going to do, Matthew, just to be that guy? I'm going to ask him what uh, DJ stands for. Because you know how with J.C. Sherrod, it was a secret for a long time until Terry Jones finally got it out of him? And now we know it's John Cody. We still call him JC. What did DJ stand for in Full House, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, I didn't watch Full House. Was that the, was that the twin? Yeah, was that the Mary Olsen Kate twins. Ashley? Yeah. So Mary Kate and Ashley played one character. Was yeah, that the deal? Mich- Michelle, yeah. Okay. The younger, the younger daughter of uh, Was Bob that the Saget's one with Bob character. Saget? Yep. And, uh, Dave Coulier, John Stamos? John Stamos. He played Blackie on General Hospital. That's how I remember him. <laughs> He did. Oh, man. General Hospital reference, too, on this show. Amazing. General Hospital. Uh, incredible show. All right. Matt Henderson's in studio. Donna Joe. Matt Henderson. Perfect. The guy's a, a wizard with the internet. Uh, he may actually be an actual wizard. <laughs> Donna Joe. Joe. J-O. No, uh, no E. I guess you wouldn't put an E on the feminine spelling of Joe. All right. What was I talking about? The Western Hockey League final will continue tonight with uh, Brandon at Seattle. It doesn't start until 8 o'clock Edmonton time. Brandon is going for the sweep. They won the first three games, every game, 3-2 in overtime. The Ontario Hockey League final could end tonight. London, after two periods, leading Niagara 1-0, and they're up uh, 3-0 in the series. By the way, the Quebec Major Junior League will resume their final tomorrow. Game 5, Rouen Nuanda is up three games to one on 
Shawinigan. The Blue Jays lost 5-4 in 13 innings to the New York, uh, to this, oh, wow, I'm back in the 1930s, to the New York Giants at the Polo Grounds. No, they're playing the San Francisco Giants. And the Toronto Raptors jumped out to an early lead, still in control against the Miami Heat, leading at 43 31 with six and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Your scoreboard courtesy of Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. You can visit crystalglass.ca. FC Edmonton starts at the top of the clock. Amway Canadian Championship first leg of their, uh, I guess it amounts to a quarterfinal, the play-in series against the Ottawa Fury. Bryce Harper of the Washington Nationals, uh, one game suspension for confronting an umpire on Monday. What happened was he got kicked out of the game for arguing balls and strikes from the dugout. Uh, and then they win on a walk-off, and he comes back onto the field to celebrate. And, and what did he say? I had some choice words for the umpire. So when you're kicked, uh, here's, here's the protocol. When you're kicked out of a Major League Baseball game, you leave and you stay in the clubhouse, or you put on a fake mustache and sunglasses is that still one of the most surreal things ever bobby valentine right is that that was the guy that Matt, was, it was amazing mets blue jays in interleague i can't remember how it was at least five years ago had to be at least five years ago but i remember i remember like i was i wasn't watching the whole game for some reason i put it on or it's on in the background and he gets ejected and then this the guys i don't even know if it was on tsn or sportsman at the time there's, is that Bobby Valentine in the dugout? And there he is at the end of the dugout. And I'm like, who does that? Apparently Bobby Valentine. Just, hey, if that's how you want to be remembered. So uh, Bryce Harper, anyway, uh, he gets a one-game suspension. He is appealing it. He is appealing it, so he, uh, he still gets to play until the appeal is, uh, is, is hashed out. Uh, those are some of your news and notes from today. All right, we're coming up to the 7 o'clock news. 3-0 St. Louis leading Dallas. Some text to 636-30 while Jack Michaels was on. Uh, this texter simply said, why do we have to listen to stupid comments? Well, welcome to Inside Sports, that's why. <laughs> and John says, hey, Reed, are there new Eskimos jerseys being unveiled tomorrow? I'm hearing differing information. If so, do you have the details? There is some season launch stuff going on for the Eskimos tomorrow, and uh, I believe that will include new uniforms. I don't know how severe, how dramatic the changes are going to be. I hope they're not too dramatic because I really like the look of uh, what the Eskimos have been playing in for the last few seasons, but I think there will be at least some changes to the jersey, uh, and you'll see that tomorrow. All right, Henderson and McLeod in studio when we get back inside Sports on Chet. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.